0: David Banner again. Sorry for clearing my throat there. I'm having quite a little uh, problem with my throat this morning. It feels fine, but just kind of (laughs) croaky. So anyway, uh, I am the author of Frame Shifting, A Path to Wholeness. And this is the podcast number six, where I talk about mind expansion tools. I just finished talking about body expansion tools in the last podcast. Okay, what is the mind well, we know now the mind is not the brain. Uh, the mind actually is contained in all the cells of the body and perhaps in our etheric field. Uh, so the mind is rightly part of the cosmic mind or what you could call infinite intelligence. operates all the universe flawlessly. However, our tiny little ego mind, which is what we use to navigate in physical reality, is not uh, connected to the cosmic mind. It's separate. So, we find ourselves literally lost. uh, Without being hooked up to the so-called cosmic computer, we try to negotiate in the dark with our tiny little ego mind to guide us. Uh, This doesn't work very well, as you've already noticed in your life. If we actually let God or the cosmic mind control our thoughts, and subsequent actions, we would be in harmony and blending on the planet. But our habit of mind, and that's all the ego really is, is a habit of mind, uh, causes us untold grief and misery because we're lost in the darkness of the ego jungle. So the good news is this, we can escape anytime we want to. All we have to do is let go and let the infinite intelligence of the universe run things. So that's the solution. <clears throat> okay, uh one of the first mind expansion tools I learned was in 1977. And this is a process called EST. EST. It stands for Earhart Seminars Training. A guy named Werner Earhart, who I guess is probably still alive living somewhere on the planet, uh devised this program. It was a weekend program. Uh, which actually focused on mind expansion, although he didn't call it that. And uh, all kinds of things are experienced. Uh, one of the things that I learned in that uh, EST workshop is the difference between the victim experience and the creator experience. Uh, the, the EST training teaches you that you're a creator of your life, which means that your mind is the producer of your experience. So you can choose the victim stance, which is they are doing it to me from the external world, or you can choose the creator stance, which is I'm 100% responsible for my experiences, including the so-called negative ones. This is a very powerful understanding. So Uh, either you're claiming responsibility or not claiming responsibility for the world you experience. Now, remember, you're still in the egoic states. The world you experience is colored by the beliefs, attitudes, and values of your ego. So it's not true reality. But the ego loves the victim state because then you have problems which must be solved. Okay, Okay, the idea is not really to solve them, but to keep the identity in a fearful, watchful state of anxiety from which the peace of God that passes all understanding is a virtual impossibility. Uh, This is what the ego wants to do because it keeps you locked into the egoic trance. See, if you suddenly realize that you're connected to all of life and that the world is one uh, entity, along with the rest of the cosmos, then you, your fear would dramatically disappear. But if you see yourself as separate, wandering in the wilderness with this little egoic help, uh, fear is your constant companion. Fear and anxiety strengthen the ego and its pain body. I talked about this earlier. Eckhart Tolle, in his book, The Power of Now, talks about the pain body, which is the accumulated uh, pain that you've experienced through a lifetime. And actually, there's a collective pain body where, which we all share into where everybody who's had trauma and pain can participate. <laughs> it's not such a great thing, but that's what we have in the egoic state. So if you're the creator of your personal experience, there's no one to blame because you can take 100% responsibility for your experience. The so-called outer world is merely a mirror reflecting back to you, your internal state of beliefs, attitudes, and values. Who are you really? Well, you're the whole of life. The more a person can shed the tempting victim stance, the more in touch they become with their true identity, at one with the whole of life. Once you accept yourself as the creator of your world, your mind naturally expands as the fear of the constricted ego mind recedes in importance. If we are the creator, how do we actually create? In truth, to live is to create. There's never a time when you're not creating. However, most of us are unconscious of our creative nature and, therefore, create unconsciously. Uh, When you create unconsciously, you create repetition. And and repetitious thoughts are part of the 50,000 thoughts you have every day. Uh, This has been proven by cognitive scientists that each person has about 50,000 thoughts a day. Most of them are repetitive. They come from your past, your conditioned past. To create consciously, it requires that you focus your creative power. You can never become more powerful than you already are. You can just become more focused, more intentional in your creating. This is why focus thinking is important. Lens form, uh, thoughts form the lens through which the creative energy pass, passes and is transformed. Thoughts color, guide, divert, shape, organize the formless creative energy ever flowing from our being. So thoughts are actually what create your apparent reality of the external world. Thoughts also focus our feelings, our emotions, and energizes them. That's why it's important to be the master of your thoughts. As you think, so you will experience. You are a unique energy formation taking in the dense form of a human body. Always the aspect of the oneself known to you as you is connected to and is broadcasting to all that is. Everything you give, you give to the oneself. Everything you receive, you receive from the oneself. Energy is ever-creative. What you send out as a loving wish to a friend may come back to you as a gift of bouquet of roses. Similar energies join it and the result is it takes a different form. The act of creation is not linear and predictable. It's not limited by time and space. In deep love you can sow a mustard seed in one field and reap a harvest of the finest grapes in another. Okay, Let me give you an example from my own life how this works. When I was awakened at 4 a.m. by spirit or infinite intelligence to outline this book, I knew it was a big deal. I outlined the entire book by 5.30 a.m. and the sun came up. This book has literally written itself. I was just the channel for its expression. As I continually gave thanks for the privilege of writing it down, I got help from all quarters. People sent me stuff, like some of the quote above, that definitely belong in the book. Just when I think I'm finished, I get surprised by another person sending me something else. The universe is conspiring to write this book, and I'm the happy conduit uh, conduit for this particular expression of the oneself. self. Here's a another frame-shift in experience you can consciously design. One cannot underestimate the value of being in the natural world, world consciously. Uh, one time during my shamanic practice, which I talked about earlier, I was walking in the woods and all of a sudden I had this experience of all the trees being connected to each other through these little tendrils of light. Uh, and I was just blown away. I said, whoa, look at that. Well, of course, as soon as I said to myself, whoa, look at that, it disappeared, <laughs> uh, which is what the mind did. But <clears throat> the mind will dim any experience you have of oneness immediately, um, because it's limited to the uh, ego itself. Anyway, I noticed this. <laughs> and then I was walking in the woods in another time, and I saw a flower on the ground, And I stopped to look at the flower and just appreciate the flower. And the darndest thing happened. I had the experience of the flower thanking me for noticing it. (laughs) I know it sounds pretty weird, but I got a feeling that all of us go through life just unconsciously, trance-like, walking through our reality instead of stopping and actually noticing what's there. And this plant was used to people just walking by and not noticing it. And all of a sudden I noticed it and they went, whoa, thank you. Uh, so that's, that's another facet of this. Another mind expansion tool is avatar, which I mentioned earlier. Avatar uh, has a process where you can eliminate beliefs and replace them with life affirming beliefs. Uh, I don't wanna tell you exactly how to do that because it's probably confidential in the training. But what they talk about is beliefs can be discreated. It's very similar to turning off a light. So you're in a room and you've got a light. Well, you can turn off the light and the light disappears. You can actually do a similar process with belief systems and then you can replace the belief with a belief that you want to affirm. So this is a very uh, excellent mind expansion process. So if you have these beliefs that life is hard, and I'm gonna have a difficult time, and people are, you know, picking on me, and blah, 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 then you can actually change those kinds of negative beliefs into positive beliefs. Okay, there's another mind expansion tool called the Leadership Circle. Uh, You can google this online. This this is a process to help leaders understand how they're impacting their subordinates. It's called a 360-degree feedback tool. And so you take this test and then you give the test to your direct reports and also to your superiors. And then the results come back and you begin to see how other people see you and your leadership style. This can be a very mind expanding experience because most of us are pretty unconscious about how other people see us. And uh, to see how other people see you is very mind expanding. Uh, A lot of times People don't like what they hear when the other people give them feedback. But nonetheless, it is, it is mind expanding and very helpful. Um, so the leadership circle is a really, really good process. If a person is open to it, it's a springboard for tremendous growth. One of the things I found out when I did this process is my arrogance. Um, As a type seven, I tend to think uh, very self-referently. I often can be very blind to other people's needs and just proceed to try to satisfy my own needs. And so therefore I can appear very arrogant at times. Uh, I'm very sure of myself, so that also feeds into that. Uh, I I become unaware sometimes about how I'm affecting other people. I'll just say, yeah, let's do it my way. I can totally miss out on the opportunity to hear other perspectives that would be better than my own perspective. (laughs) So this has given me a real mind expansion uh, tool that I can use. I use this with my MBA students when I was teaching at the university. Very, very helpful. Uh, many hard-charging types like Enneagram types 3, 8, 7, and 1 in particular can be oblivious to how other people see them because they keep getting rewarded for their achievements, even if their achievements come with some wreckage of human beings in their wake. So <clears throat> this is very helpful. Another one is called the Pathfinder. Again, this is something I discovered when I was teaching in the MBA program at DePaul University in Chicago, the Pathfinder. It's a wonderful tool for clarifying your purpose, identifying options at different points in your life journey. Uh, It begins with, what is your question? Using the process of inquiry, you explore and flesh out the question and all its implications, plus all the alternatives for action that you might develop. Then you interpret the information that you've collected in your exploration. Then you decide about what you're going to do and lay out a plan for implementation. And finally, you act upon that plan to achieve your objectives. Uh, It's a great mind-expanding tool because you start to look at things you hadn't thought of before. This whole exploration process is very, very important. And it, it keeps you from being impulsive and just doing the next thing that seems like the thing to do. You can actually pause, explore, uh, inquire, and interpret your experience. So it's very, very helpful. Um, so all of these tools are super important. Let's, let's look at what is the purpose of the mind. The mind in the waking state is filled with opposing thoughts. In the perfection of life to be found after death, is heaven a far-off state to be attained by living a good life, or is it something that's an at-hand reality that can be found here and now? This is a quote from the inventor of uh, the aforementioned Asshai's Ascension, MSI. What I've learned is the answer is yes. Heaven is here and now, available to you and me if we let go of the ego grip on reality. How do we do that? Uh, This is where it gets very interesting. One of my teachers talks about the egoic grip as being uh, like uh, a balloon that is going up, 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 up. And if you can burst the balloon and come back down to earth, you could let go of that egoic trance. Uh, Or looked at another way, uh, the ego has a a gravitational pull to it. So if you can escape the gravity of pulling on the ego, you can actually transcend it and move into a higher state of consciousness. Uh, It's like a rocket ship. You know, if you get to a certain altitude, the rocket ship will escape from the gravity of the earth. Well, it's similar with the ego if you can get to a certain point of expansion and development of the mind, you can actually escape the gravitational pull of the ego. So the more of these experiences you have to, the more uh, opportunity you're gonna have to transcend your ego. Uh, MSA goes on to say, we have a little time left, a decade or two for most of us before this transition will be complete transition to egolessness. It's time for all the co-workers of peace, all who wish to be or are already enlightened, and those who possess goodwill for humanity. All leaders everywhere listen to this part, to drop their surface petty differences and a, unite in one voice of understanding and praise for the source of all there is. It may seem possible for a short time to a oppose the great transformation that's building in this world. But that is appearance merely. And even that appearance is necessarily going to change. Those who desire to oppose cosmic intelligence will very soon be no longer found on Earth. Everyone will either consciously or subconsciously act in harmony with the universal mind. Those who oppose it will either change or simply cease to be here. That is our future. And this is what MSI said. I'm not exactly sure what he means by that, but uh, it, it gives us an idea of a possible future. He's saying that the ego will not be able to rule much longer on Earth. And boy, is that ever good news. Uh, perhaps what he's talking about is people that refuse to uh, uh, won't shift with this consciousness Ascension will find themselves on a planet of third dimensional reality where the ego can still rule. Who knows? It's speculation on my part. But the most important thing is uh, we cannot continue to live in this polarized world which we find ourselves. So I think that's good enough for this chapter. And we'll go to the next chapter. Oh,